welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Midlife seems to come with its shares of highs and lows, and then we women get greeted by peri and post-menopause. Last month, it was our good fortune to have a guest who, as a scientist, really helped us understand our body and what happens as it goes through another set of changes, preparing for this no more baby making stage. I admitted at that time that I often say I was born before hormones were invented because all in all, I've had a pretty uneventful time of life's changes. My guest today is a nutritional therapist. No matter what our hormones put us through, as we age, we really need to make sure we maintain good health good nutrition, and good energy. If we also have our hormones playing silly bugger with us, it's even more important. In my dictionary, nutrition usually means food, so I'm looking forward to our chat today. Alison Blod, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Agnes. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Alison, I read your about page, and it seems with your upbringing, you were tailor-made for this career choice. Do you mind sharing your background with our listeners? Yeah, sure, of course. And I, and I was very lucky. Um, I was brought up on a farm in the south of England, just, just outside uh, London in, in the countryside. Um, so from a very young age, I was, you know, running around with chickens and, and pigs. And we actually had donkeys as well out in nature. Um, and my mother was a professional chef. So she had a fantastic uh, vegetable patch and also we had loads of fruit trees and everything. So, you know, it was all what we now call organic food. But I mean, in those days, we didn't really need organic because we didn't spray our crops with so much pesticides and everything. So, you know, I grew up in that environment, obviously working when I saw my mother working in the kitchen. I was always in there, you know, watching as soon as I could walk, really. So my love of food came at a very, very very young age and it's so wonderful as a child being able to be out in nature and you know playing with animals and it's a great start to life so I I, I do realize how privileged I I was to have that that up you know that start to to life yeah yeah I know my grandson is uh, just 12 and a friend of mine also from the south of England has chickens and a beautiful vegetable garden and stuff like that he loves being over there and if he wishes them away on holiday regularly because then he gets to take care of the domain it's great yeah so so for kids growing up that way it's, it's amazing do you mind starting today by discussing some of the peri and postmenopausal issues women have when they come to you yeah of course the 
menopause, I think, as we women have gathered, isn't isn't a simple subject. It's quite there's so many different things that can happen and, and we all experience it very differently. But what it is, is there's, there's different stages. There's your perimenopause, which the average age starts at uh, 45. You, you can start earlier or a little bit later, but on average, it's 45. And that's when you're still menstruating. But your hormones are really on like a roller coaster. They can be all over the place. Um, and this is just because they start, you're starting to go into menopause. And that's when you can start having all the symptoms, you know, you could reel off this long list of symptoms. You know, I think there's over 40 different symptoms that that you can develop. Uh, But the most common ones that we all know is like hot flashes, mood swings, irritability, you know, skin dryness. All those things can happen uh, when you get into perimenopause. and And that's due to the fluctuation in all these hormones. They go a bit crazy. Uh, in perimenopause so the the type of women that come to me are women that have really suddenly just you know a lot of women in perimenopause they're they're maybe got a career they've got children at home the parents are maybe slightly older so they need more caring for and then on top of that they suddenly develop all these symptoms and it just it can become overwhelming for them so what what I do with my clients is you know we really sit down and, and think okay Let's have a look at your lifestyle. Let's have a look at your eating and just get you back on track. So you're going to feel better because there is so much you can do naturally. You know, it's, it's, it's not just food. It's the lifestyle part as well that's really crucial in, in menopause. You know, just being nice to yourself, really, and understanding that it's not a disease. This is, this is a, a process that every woman will go through. You know, we can't get away from it. So it's, it's embracing it more and, and just being kind to yourself. And then as you get into menopause, which is the average age is, is 51. What menopause basically means is that you haven't had a period for 12 months. Uh, so when you haven't had a period for 12 months, you, you are then in menopause. And then all the years after that are your postmenopausal years. So that is when you don't produce any more eggs. You don't have periods anymore. You know, you can't have babies. And we live much longer now. So majority of women will live 30 years of postmenopausal life. So it's, it's really important that we make the most of it and have fun and, and, and get our health, you know, to peak condition. I just recently interviewed a woman who suggests we may be living to like 120 now (laughs) on a go go forward (laughs) basis. So that's a lot of years of postmenopause. Now, midlife is also a time when things like uh, type 2 diabetes, chronic fatigue, general malaise show up. Can those be related to menopause or is it just part of aging? It's actually both. I mean, the the estrogen and progesterone are real key players in in hormone health. And as we all know, as we go into menopause and and postmenopause, you don't produce, your ovaries don't produce estrogen anymore. And that can have an effect. We have estrogen receptors all over our body. So that really can have an effect on many different things like insulin uh, sensitivity, I can think insulin is a hormone that your body secretes when when you eat uh, carbohydrates, like, you you know, your sugary type foods. 
and insulin is really important because it's it's like the key it kind of opens up the cell so the 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 glucose the energy that we've eaten can get inside but what can happen is when when your estrogen levels decline your cell doesn't become as sensitive to this uh, insulin so the glucose stays in the bloodstream and this can lead to higher uh, blood sugar levels and what we call insulin resistance which is the stage before uh, you would develop diabetes too so it's insulin is a really big player you know you 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 have to look after your bone health when you when you go into menopause because uh, of the beneficial effects that estrogen has on uh, bone health your risk of developing osteoporosis goes up as a woman uh, heart health, heart disease, you know, goes up as well. And it, estrogen is playing a role. I'm not saying it's the main reason for this, but it's one of the reasons, you know, that you have to look after these areas more. And of course, we can't blame it all on menopause. It, it is the natural aging process as well. Uh, but bone health, heart health, watching your weight, because that can really lead to... Um, you know, insulin resistance. And we tend to find we put weight on around the belly area as we get older as women. And, and that is due to metabolic changes and, and hormone uh, decline. So it's really just being aware of these things and looking after yourself just a little bit better than you did. You know, when you're younger, you can get away with it. But as we get older, we can't really. You need to take better care of yourself. I think what I'm appreciating about some of these talks is the fact that I think we really need to understand that our body is, for lack of a better term, a machine, and we need to take care of all the moving parts, keep it like lubricated and like all the stuff that you think about with a with a motor, your car engine. And I mean, we certainly take our cars in for you know tune-ups and servicing every six months, uh, and we really need to pay attention to our bodies and and keep them working well. Now. On your um, nutritional therapy page, you talk about nutritional balance and imbalance. How do you determine how balanced our balance really is? Yeah, great question. I love the word balance because that's what I'm really trying to achieve with with my clients is to just get that balance right. Uh, and, and balance, I mean, it, it's very individual depending on, on the client and, and the person, but it's really just balancing what you eat, balancing your lifestyle, you know, looking at like your gut health, making sure that you've, you've got a good balance of uh, my, what we call our microbiome, which is our gut bacteria, which is a fascinating uh, subject. There's lots and lots of research now on the microbiome and how, you know, that is so related to how we feel, to, to mood, to brain health. It's like your, your gut bacteria, basically. And we want that in balance. We want the good bugs to be more than the bad bugs. Otherwise, the balance can tip and that can really lead to gut issues meaning that you maybe don't absorb all the nutrients that you need, all the vitamins and minerals. There's something called leaky gut, which basically means the the lining of your gut is compromised. And that's when you can get food particles and and things going into the bloodstream. And that that can really lead to inflammation and and chronic uh, diseases. So it's really just getting the balance right between nothing crazy, because, you know, we, we all 
want to live a life and I'm realistic you can't be too strict but you know having a healthy eating plan and also lifestyle things like having adding in exercise and and self-care like maybe doing meditation or yoga or or just going out for a walk for 10 minutes a day I think we, we women as we get older need to prioritize ourselves a little bit more and and realize that it is actually okay to look after yourself I think we feel guilty don't we sometimes that oh I should be doing that or I should be doing this I should be looking after we're carers aren't we women but it's it's really okay to say no and, and say no I'm going for a walk or well, no I'm doing this I find myself that I've become way better at saying no to things now I've got older <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny too because I think we're also out of practice I mean, we, we spent all those years as parents and then, you know, often as active daughters, as our parents age and that sort of thing. So as you say, yeah, our own needs and health and everything else just slides onto the back burner. And now is the time when it's even more important to uh, to really reclaim that or just maybe to claim it, period. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm not going to go into specifics too often, but you were talking about gut health. Um, is that where probiotics come in like is that part of your bailiwick <laughs> yeah probiotics that that's that's what they are there foods that you can eat well you can actually take it in, in supplement form as well but it's always better to get it from real food and they're the type of like the fermented foods so that the foods that have the live bacteria in because we, what we want to do in, in our gut is is give it that nice lovely good healthy bacteria and that's in foods like sauerkraut uh, kimchi, kefir, kombucha, you know, all of those fermented vegetables. And, and kombucha is actually something that, that you drink. Um, that's a fermented drink. But all those sort of things have probiotics. So that's your good bacteria. And then there, there is something called prebiotics. And, and the difference is that prebiotics is the, is the food that the bacteria likes because it's a bit like a garden you know you have to feed it to keep it happy and the, and the prebiotics are asparagus is a good example that your bugs in your stomach love asparagus and and like beans all, all the different sorts of beans and and green leafy vegetables and so it's really just feeding it feeding it with the bacteria the probiotics and then feeding the bacteria with the prebiotics to keep keep your gut happy it's funny how it, it can sound complicated, but so often if I talk to anybody who talks food, there's a lot of really basic things you can do and and they're not way out there, you know, like beans, um, sauerkraut, <laughs> like all those things that, they, that you can fairly easily make them part of your, your day-to-day lifestyle. Absolutely. I actually make my own sauerkraut uh, and it's really simple to do really really simple i've got a very simple recipe actually on my website it's it's, you just all you need is a big cabbage and a little bit of salt that's it it's so simple to make it can be a bit smelly because you have to let the it ferments and you have to let the gas out every day in the kitchen so it can be a bit smelly but it's worth it (laughs) (laughs) i will be honest that um i love sauerkraut I rarely buy it because as soon as I've got sauerkraut in my fridge, I think, ooh, a smoky with fried onions and sauerkraut would taste so ooh, good. Lovely. And of course, those sausages aren't necessarily very good for you. 
Alison, this might be a good time to mention that you also remind your readers, and in this case, our listeners, that nutritional therapy runs alongside professional medical guidance. It's not an instead of. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. We, I work very closely alongside um, doctors with my clients. Um, so it's not replacing any sort of uh, medical uh, information. It, it's a holistic therapy that, that runs alongside uh, medical advice. Right, right. Now, just I'm going to go briefly back to uh, balance imbalance. So it's intake, output, then I guess environmental factors too, you know, like whether it's stress or big cities maybe does that sort of pollution come into it as well and yeah lifestyle and and input from how we live is is a huge huge player and and the the society and and our environment isn't what you know there's more and more pollution that we use more chemicals in in all areas of our lives you know from down to what we put on our skin products and you know that even the foods that we eat have been sprayed and, and, and processed so it, it we're getting it from all angles really and that can really disrupt your hormones amongst other things so it's I understand it's not realistic to you, you it's impossible to avoid all these environmental toxins but you know if possible try to buy uh, organic food I know it's not easy and it can be more expensive but even if you just you know, buy certain types of foods because there is, I don't know if you've heard of it, there's something called the uh, Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. And it's a list of foods that I always try to say to my clients, if you're only going to buy these foods, then just buy them, you know, from these lists, the organic, because they're the ones that are sprayed the most, like uh, peppers, bell peppers that are on the um, Dirty Dozen. So you can always do that. Um, and then thinking about what you actually use, like cleaning products as well in the house, all of these things build up on our, into our toxic load in our bodies. And they do have a, a detrimental effect on, on our health in, in all aspects, uh, all, all ways of life. And then you, you mentioned good old stress. Yeah, stress. I mean, I know people are sick of talking about stress, but when you understand like the biochemical processes that ha- happen in your body when you're really stressed, it's, it, I mean, it's not good for anybody, but I always say to my clients, if there's, well, two things that you'll, you want to do for your menopausal health is one is manage stress and the other one is blood sugar control. But if we, if we go back to the stress, it's basically when you're very stressed, you release stress hormones, cortisol being one of them. Uh, and this puts you in the anxiety mode you you're you're stressed you want to run away from something and your body prioritizes making cortisol you have these two little glands that sit on the top of your kidneys which are called your adrenal glands and they produce cortisol so when when you're stressed they're producing this cortisol however they also produce a very small amount of estrogen and progesterone when we're in post menopause and that's just a, a little, you know, enough of this hormone to keep us healthy through through these years because we still need estrogen in, in our bodies. But when you're constantly stressed, chronic stress, which many people are today in society, your body prioritizes cortisol. 
So estrogen and progesterone gets put on the back burner and it won't be produced. So you you will be feeling even worse because you won't be producing these small amount of, of hormones. And that's just one explanation. But there's many other things that happen in your body with stress. You know, blood sugar levels go up. You, you crave more sugary foods. You, you can put weight on. So really learning to manage your stress in in an easy way that you can do without having to, you know, suddenly do an hour's yoga or a, an hour's meditation. Breathing, deep breathing is, is fantastic for stress. Just taking a few deep breaths when you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious can really help. I'll vouch for that because I know sometimes, you know, you're stuck in traffic, you know, you're going to be late for an appointment, realizing there is nothing you can do about it. So a couple of really deep breaths and full exhalations, you know, and it's just like you control what you can can control and you can't control this right now. So let it go. <laughs> yeah, it really. It re- actually resets your nervous system. You know, it's, it's it's very hard to be stressed when when you're breathing deeply because it is giving a signal to your body that everything's fine. I'm relaxed. Everything's OK. So you stop, you kind of stop the stress response when you breathe very deeply like that. So it's actually a very good habit to put in place when you're feeling stressed. And earlier you mentioned even getting out in nature. And I think between pets and nature, you know, Mm -hmm. like just to get out each day somewhere and I don't know, (laughs) you don't necessarily have to hug a tree, but it does just, you can feel that sort of bringing everything down, your shoulders come down a little bit and you relax a wee bit. Yeah. No, I love even even if it's just for 10 minutes, just going walking out for 10 minutes and getting some fresh air. And that is actually shown in studies to nature has such a beneficial effect on us. It releases all like the happy hormones. Yeah, I've I've heard now about forest bathing. So <laughs> <laughs> you just go out and you drink it all in, I guess, which is yeah. Yeah, yeah, surround yourself. The first words I saw on your website were get your sparkle back explain sparkle please yeah sparkle that's really my I, I I like a bit of sparkle and it was just so me that that expression and I really you know I'm so passionate about helping uh, menopausal women and you know I saw so many ladies that what I was had lost their sparkle you know lost that zest for life the little glint in your eye and that little smile had had gone away because of so much going on and stress and being overwhelmed so I really thought right okay I'm going to get these women's sparkle back I'm going to get them their love and zest for life back through support as well support's a huge thing but you know just changing a few little things in their life and also giving them the the confidence I think as we as we age sometimes and again because of the hormone changes we can become we can lose our self-confidence. We start questioning ourselves and, you know, think, oh, what have I done with my life? And, oh, I should have done this. And, you know, so it's just saying, you know, you are fantastic. You are amazing. And just go out there and sparkle. Yeah, making somebody sit down and make a list of all the things they can do and they've done. And it's like, okay, how can you be so hard on yourself? You may not have done you know, a few things that you thought maybe you should be doing, but you've done so much, you've accomplished so much that, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I just love the word. That's why I wanted you oh, to explain no, thank your you. use to it. <laughs> no, I do. I love that. Cause I, like I say, I'm quite girly really. I like a bit of sparkle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
hopefully everybody knows what you mean when you say that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to go down the other end of the, the spectrum now. Weight gain. Uh, and COVID hasn't helped. I have friends who talk about gaining the COVID-19. Why is it so difficult to lose weight as we get older? Yeah, that is a really good, good question. And I totally agree with you that the pandemic has not helped matters because, you know, it's been awful for people, hasn't it? And being locked inside and, you know, food is is also a comfort. So when there isn't anything else and you're feeling really down, you, you do tend to reach for more comforting foods, processed foods that you maybe, you know, maybe aren't the healthiest of choices. Weight gain. Yeah, that again leads back to the good old stress. There's many factors that come into place here when when we're talking about menopause and, and weight gain. Stress is a big player in this because the hormone cortisol that we spoke about earlier, the stress hormone, when that's released, is what we actually call a fat storing hormone. So it's virtually impossible to lose weight if you've got chronic stress because your body will not burn fat. Uh, The cortisol in your blood is telling your body that it it needs energy because we're being chased by, you know, this, this stress response is from, you know, our ancestors when we were being chased across the tundra by a tiger. And now we've just got the stress from everyday life. But the cortisol in in our blood is telling us, right, we need energy. You need to run away. So it also makes you crave things, sugary things. So it can make you uh, eat more. Lack of estrogen, another um, thing with weight gain is, has uh, an effect on what we call our hunger hormones. There's two hunger hormones called ghrelin and leptin. And and also uh, estrogen has been shown in studies to have a, a controlling effect on appetite. So, you know, you can think as the, the levels go down, you all of a sudden can become more hungry. You haven't really got that stop button there anymore. And it's the same with the hunger hormones that they can become imbalanced. Ghrelin is what tells our, our system to eat. You know, the, the typical growling in the stomach that's your ghrelin saying, oh, you know, I need some fuel now. Let, let's eat something. And leptin is a hormone that's released when you've eaten, telling your body that, you know, you can stop eating now. I'm satisfied. So when these become imbalanced with, with going into uh, postmenopause, you, you know, you can lose that control. So you can actually eat more and not have the, the leptin saying, you know, you know, it's OK now. We've eaten enough. You can stop eating. And then sleep is a huge issue with weight gain, finding it hard to sleep. And that just pays havoc with everything, including weight loss, because your body finds it very hard to lose weight when, you, when you're in a you know, sleep deprivation. And again, you will crave sugar because your body needs energy because you're so tired. And blood sugar, blood sugar levels, going back to the insulin that we spoke about earlier, Good old insulin is also a fat storing hormone. And this, again, when you're eating uh, sugary foods and and the wrong type of foods and you've got higher levels of sugar in your blood, you know, the insulin won't be working as it should or your body maybe isn't quite as sensitive to as it should. And you will store fat. And that that's that typical belly abdominal fat 
that that we get as, as women. We we go from more of a pear shape to to an apple shape as as we get older, and that's also there's other factors that that come into that. So a lot of the time, women, because your belly area increases, you don't necessarily always weigh anymore. It's just that you feel that you've put weight on because all of a sudden your trousers and everything feel tighter because you, you've had a bit of a shift in 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 uh, body fat. And another interesting fact with with hormones and, and weight gain is that our fat that you store around the abdomen is um is is a hormone fat. So that this these fat this fatty area can actually store estrogen. So when your body detects that there's not enough estrogen your adrenal glands aren't producing enough estrogen it can happen that you will store this round even more so around the abdominal area uh, as, as a bit of a backup your body's very clever it's very very clever I mean we we were meant to store fat for survival it's just in this society we're you know in the food environment we just told there's food everywhere isn't there we can't you can't get away from it whereas our ancestors, you know, had to go out. They were hunters and gatherers and, and didn't know when they were going to get their, their next meal. So your body's clever. It's not easy to, to lose fat. Your body doesn't want to lose fat. It needs it there for a, for a backup fuel source. It's interesting, too, as, as we do live longer, you know, like just realizing that that's more pressure on joints and like so many of the systems that if we were just living to 55, 65, somewhere in there, you know, like to have five, 10 years of some fat wouldn't be as big of a deal. But now that we're looking at another 40, possibly 50 years, that becomes yet another issue. Yeah, absolutely. It's quality of life, isn't it? You don't want to be restricted in what you do because you're, you're slightly overweight. You want to feel fit and healthy and and vibrant so you can go for a walk and you can do the things that, that you want to do but it, it's very true what what you said Agnes that it's, it's also bone you know your bone health you really have to look after and also your heart health which um, you know the risk of heart disease and stroke goes up as, as we get older as women so you know thinking about what you eat and avoiding all those processed sugary refined foods is is really beneficial for bone health and for for heart health the one thing i often point out or mention when because my audience is boomers is you know in terms of being strong and fit and all of that area you know we've got grandchildren and i know a bunch of people now who are getting to that stage where they have great grandchildren and you want to be able to pick them up. You want to be able to feel safe holding them. And, you know, like if you really let things go downhill, you, you miss that opportunity and the joy. Mm. Yeah, and that's so important, isn't it? It's, that's just so wonderful for everybody and, and for the, you know, the grandchildren. It's, 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 that's really, really important. So a key, key thing to bone health and, and, and also keeping your muscles is strength training. You know, it's it's great to go walking, absolutely, to do the, more the aerobic activities, but doing some sort of strength training where you're actually like lifting something is crucial to keep your bones and also your your muscles, because our muscles as women tend to fade a bit as we get older. And we really need to keep them up because because they're also very good for metabolic health and that they crave more energy muscles so you will actually burn more calories if just through 
you know, just through living, if you have more muscular body than you would if, if you have more fat. On occasion, I mention, and I'll do it here, that I still lead a senior's exercise class. And oh. these women are range in age from about 70 through to 95. And of course, we've just had two years off. We've just been back for a couple of weeks. And the first thing people are saying, these women are saying is like, who's got the weights? You know, because we had a bin of weights. Where are the TheraBands? You're like, we need the resistance training. So it's really interesting that, you know, even into their 90s, they're, it's important to them to maintain some lifestyle that uh, keeps them moving and going and still out and about. That's fabulous. I love that. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Just lift something. It doesn't, you don't even have to go to a gym. You could just have something at home, like a, a dumbbell at home and just lift that. If you, it's not, I'm not saying you need to go and do a, an hour's workout with heavy weights. Just, just lifting something's really, really important. But that's great that you do that. Well done. But, and even just you're talking about, you know, lifting at home. Good heavens, open a cupboard door in the kitchen. You know, yeah. there's a two pound bag of something or it was a 10 pound bag of potatoes like you know obviously you start carefully and you have to be careful but uh, yeah it's uh, so easy to do at home okay so we have a bunch of listeners out there who are quite excited to get started what's the first thing they do today right okay if we talk, if we talk about nutrition first like what what you should be like thinking about what you should be eating what I'd like to say, because this gives you a good good idea of what, what you should be eating, is more of what we call a Mediterranean-style diet. And, and people say, oh, well, what does that actually mean? Because it means different things for different people. But it's really lots of fruit and vegetables. You want, you want to get in, eat a rainbow. The more colours that you can get in your diet, the better, because they're so rich in all these wonderful phytonutrients and antioxidants that, that we need for, for our uh, overall health. So lots of fruit and vegetables. Uh, you can actually use frozen vegetables as well. You know, if it's not, if not available to always buy fresh uh, produce, it's, there's no problem in, in using frozen vegetables and fruit. Lots of fatty fish, like oily fish, but roughly twice a week, like your salmon, mackerel, uh, herring, all, all those things, sardines nuts and seeds preferably not like dry roasted with lots of salt on but you know just normal nuts and seeds and then poultry so so white meat but red in a, in a classic mediterranean diet they don't really eat very much red meat very occasionally you would eat red meat but that's okay there's nothing wrong with with eating red meat but it's all in moderation and lots of beans and legumes and, and peas and, and all those wonderful things. So basing your, your food on really that and, and whole grains, getting rid of the unnutritious food, the food that really isn't giving your body any nourishment. And that is in today's society, it's all the, the processed foods. It's what we call the standard American diet, the sad diet, where it's just loaded with sugar. And if you look on the back of a package, do you really want to eat something that's got like 30 different ingredients in that you can't even pronounce? And they're very clever because sugar, I think I was reading some study, they were saying that sugar has 56 different names for sugar that they use on packaging just to confuse you. So 
if possible, don't buy packaged food. Just buy whole food and, and cook from scratch. Doesn't have to be complicated. You can just have like roasted chicken and have a salad. Have a piece of fish, have some nice vegetables with it. It really doesn't have to take hours. So that's like the Mediterranean style diet. And then what you want to think with your coming into postmenopause is to really uh, food, you know, for your bone health, so the, the calcium rich foods. And they're like your green leafy vegetables. Sardines are great for, for calcium and broccoli and, and salmon and, and dairy products. Vitamin D is also very important because that works alongside um, calcium. So you really want to make sure that you've got enough vitamin D. Vitamin D can be quite tricky because it's difficult to get what you need through food. So it can be sometimes that you do need to take supplements of vitamin D. I know where I live, where it's very dark in the winters in Northern Europe, that even the, the authorities here, that the government say that people should take vitamin D because we've seen now with the pandemic that there's so much research done on how vitamin D benefits the immune system and, and, you know, so many other things. And then heart health, that's all, you know, again, your nuts and seeds, omega-3 oils are are wonderful for heart health. So that's like your fatty, fatty fish. When when you look at research and studies for for a, a diet, it's all about variation and it's all about more, slightly more plant-based, but all about variation, just trying to eat as many different types of vegetables. I sometimes have challenges with my clients and say, see if you can eat 30 different plant-based foods in a week. And it, it actually sounds a lot, but it's, it, it isn't when, when you think about it. It's actually quite easy to do. So avoiding your processed foods and then another very simple thing, to do is drink water you know we we always think oh yeah drink water that's what everybody says but do we really drink enough water every day it's difficult to say exactly how much because so many it depends on how active you are etc but roughly around eight glasses of, of of water a day avoiding all you know the fizzy drinks and energy drinks they, they're just laden with sugar you know, some, if you find water's maybe a bit boring, you can always put, I think it's quite nice to put like a, a frozen fruit, like a frozen strawberry or, or something in it. Or have some sparkling water just to make it slightly a bit more exciting. Avoid alcohol. That That is something that majority of women find as they, they get into the menopausal years that they just can't drink alcohol like they used to. It sets off all their symptoms and it just basically doesn't make you feel very good. And I know many women in menopause that have actually given up drinking alcohol completely because they just don't like the way that it makes them feel. And I'm not saying you have to give up. I'm just saying maybe in moderation, try if you're having a glass of wine in the evenings, that that can really affect your sleep. It can affect your blood sugar levels and it can set off hot flushes and you know other symptoms. So don't do it for a few days and see if you feel any better yeah so so that's really the diet thing and then the the lifestyle is like we were talking about getting out and doing some exercise even if it's just for 10 minutes just moving doing something that that really suits you and you enjoy doing that you can do every day smoking uh, 
I used to say that a lot, but it feels that you don't really have to say that so much anymore. I don't think there are that many people that smoke anymore. But, you know, we all know that smoking isn't good for you. So that is something that I would say, you know, try and give up if you can. Stress reduction, huge thing, as we've spoken about. That really is a big, big thing to really get control of your stress levels through prioritizing yourself basically and doing self-care even if it's just sitting down doing some breathing or just sitting down with a cup of tea and staring out the window just having that time for yourself every day where you can just switch off putting yourself first and I think what I always like to say is that the to-do list that we've all got is actually never going to be done you know that to-do list just goes on and on and on so if you're waiting for that list to be completed you never it's it's never going to happen so allow yourself to prioritize yourself I I put time into my agenda actually for self-care like to exercise and and such and I think if you schedule it in you're more likely to do it because you can't you you can't say oh I haven't got enough time because it's actually in your in your agenda stress and then sleep as, as we said sleep is is crucial for overall health another key thing is portion control you know we were talking about weight gain earlier that you can't really eat as much as you did when you were younger and that's just to do with the fact that your metabolism and everything slows down so really just be more mindful of how much food you actually have on your plate when you think of your plate try to have you know roughly a palm size of of protein because protein is is really important for keeping your muscles happy and and it's needed for building all cells in the body so it's crucial protein and is a big player in blood sugar balance so protein we like and then have your like veggies so fill up virtually half your plate with with non-starchy vegetables and that's more um like green leafy vegetables like kale broccoli you know green beans all those things you can have starchy vegetables, but in in moderation. And they're, they're more like your sweet potatoes, potatoes, whole grains and, and rice, etc. And then your fats. Don't forget your healthy fats. I think fats, the word fat, everyone just automatically you think, oh, fat, I don't want fat. But you really need fats for your body to function properly. And also in, in hormone production, you, you need fat. And that avocados i'm a huge fan of avocados wonderful fats in avocados uh, olive oils nuts and seeds fatty fish coconut oil butter pure, pure butter is is great in moderation of course but you you really should eat fat a little bit of fat with, with every meal to to get that balanced plate and then one thing that i think that in today's society that we do too much of is that we are constantly eating. I say it's like we're grazing all the time and we never give our body chance, to, you know, our digestive system chance to rest. And you, your digestion needs time to rest. And it's actually coming out again in research now that you've, you've probably heard of intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating, but you don't need to go to those lengths. It's just, do I really need to have a snack now? Am I actually hungry? And, you know, maybe trying to finish your evening meal slightly earlier and then not eating anything until you have breakfast at seven, eight or whenever you eat breakfast, just so your body can rest. 
we weren't designed to be constantly eating all the time. You, you, your body and gut and digestive system is much happier if you eat, but not all the time. Just on that last point, I know for myself, it's, you know, because I, I do try to be conscientious. I love being hungry because <laughs> it's like, good. You know, like my body's now at the stage where it's saying, mm, maybe think about feeding me again. You know, whereas as, instead of just, oh, it's noon, I must be eating food. It, you just really listen to your body a little bit more. This talk is probably coming at a really good time, too, because we're in spring, which the one upside, I guess, of well, one of the few upsides of COVID is the fact that so many people have um, planted a garden. So you can really start, a, you know, really thinking about what you want to plant so that you've got, you know, homegrown, organic, lovely vegetables that are really good for, for all of your health uh, come summer and into the fall. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, oh, it's just uh, that goes back to my childhood. I think uh, I unfortunately I grow on, on my balcony where I live. I grow I'm, I'm quite good at growing cucumbers for some reason. They seem to flourish and chili peppers and tomatoes and, and everything. But I mean, to have space to have a real vegetable garden must be fantastic. Well, wonderful. Those fresh products. There's just nothing better, really. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, so nice to have. Just a personal question here. Where do we find out about this dirty dozen? I hadn't heard of it. And now you've mentioned bell peppers and you've mentioned eating a rainbow. And I mean, I must admit, peppers, I love yellow, red, orange peppers. But if they're one of the dirty dozen. Yeah, sure. I could send you some links if you if you'd like. So you can put that in the in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. It's like it's like a, a list of, of these products. And it's quite I've I've got it always got it on my fridge. So I know when I go shopping, because oh, okay. it does it does actually change every year or, or so. It's not always the same. It depends on, you know, that there's a lot of uh, research that they do into what's being sprayed more and more. But I, absolutely, I can send you the, the links to that if people want to look at it, because it's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be great. Yeah, and I would put them in the show notes for sure. Okay, I'm going to go slightly sideways here. Your bio also says you are a beauty therapist. Now, I should probably have done this interview without a camera, but um, just explain briefly what you do there. Yeah, it, I started my, my career. I've worked in uh, the health and wellness industry for over 30 years. And I started my career as an, what we call an esthetician, a beauty therapist. And I, I worked on um, women's health and I worked with, with ladies during perimenopause and menopause that were suffering from skin problems because that, again, is, is an area where you can suddenly develop acne, you can develop pigmentation, you, you know, your skin can become really sensitive and dry and th there's a whole list of things that, that can happen to your skin. So I really concentrated on, on that area. So, you know, from the outside and... And during my path working on the skin, you know, it was so obvious that it need you needed to work from the inside as well. It's kind of both areas. And that's when I went back and went back to university and trained to be a nutritional therapist. So it, it's brilliant because it's like the both it's the inside and the outside that I've got now. But I, I predominantly now at the moment have become so busy with my nutritional therapy that I, I work with that. I do lecture um, at a private college in Stockholm on advanced skincare treatments when, when they need me there. But I do focus on, on nutrition now. But I do a lot of my clients that I get come to me as well because they want that skin side. They want both sides as well. But yeah, that that 
it just all fits together so well, really. I'm just thinking it's sort of like body look out because I'm coming at you from the inside and the outside. <laughs> yeah, you can't get, there's no escape. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, you do actually have a couple of programs too. Yeah. I have on my services, I have, you know, going back to your, your sparkle, you know, get your sparkle back program. I work on, uh, we, we all need support if we're changing our habits and nutrition and, and lifestyle. So I have a 30 day uh, program. I have a 60 day program, depending on, on how much support you need. And that's where we really sit down and, and get to the root causes of the problems. There's, I work with the functional medicine model where it's, it's a, a model where you look at every part of the body and you, you actually go back you do a timeline so you really go back to your childhood and look at everything and really ca- try to understand you know an example we say someone was suffering from migraines you'd, you'd really tr- want to understand why is that happening not you know just putting a plaster on it and hoping it'll go away really getting to the root root cause of that through sometimes I use a testing like functional testing which depending on, on what the, the client's problem is. And then we have, uh, once we've done the initial consultation, I've got all the information. We then put a, a wonderful health plan together, uh, specifically individually for that person. And then we put that in place. And I talk to my clients once a week o- over Zoom, just chatting, seeing how it's going, giving them support, maybe just asking them, okay, well, let's put this in place now. So taking it slowly, you know, small steps, to, to give them the help that they need because support is a huge thing it's very difficult to change habits that that we've had especially with food it's it's easy you know you're very motivated in the beginning but when you've maybe been on the program for four weeks or something you you, you see these little habits slipping back in so you need someone like me there to you know say no 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 let's carry on stop doing that <laughs> yeah, so is this available online then yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do, at the moment, um, I'm doing all my consultations and everything online. So you, if you just go to my service page on, on my uh, website, what I like to do with clients first is to talk to you, have what we call a discovery call first. It's a free chat for 20 minutes to, to really see what, you know, if, if I can help you, because it, it, health is a huge area. And, it, you know, maybe I don't specialise in that particular problem this client's got, and then I would refer you on to somebody else. So it's really having that time to explain what you want and what you need and, and seeing if, if we can work together. And when we've done that, we then can book in the, the, the package together and, and work together very individually on that. So to regain your sparkle. <laughs> or boost your sparkle. I saw the boost two of them your there. Sparkle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now I'm also going to mention because I downloaded your free seven day no fuss meal plan. Oh. And I would encourage everybody to go there because it's got so much good information as well as meal plans and recipes. I was going through oh, those recipes, going like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so you're an English woman living in Sweden. May I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. Okay, only because you mentioned it in your Podmatch bio. You <laughs> fell for the charms of a Viking man. Where did you meet a Viking man? <laughs> I know, that's it. I am British. I'm from London, uh, now living outside Stockholm. I met my uh, now husband in a wine bar in London one sunny day. <laughs> 
I couldn't resist the charms of of a Viking and the rest is history, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, maybe our listeners, <laughs> we can meet a Viking when we get our sparkle back. <laughs> uh, they, can't. they are quite charming, actually, the Vikings. They're quite hard to resist. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> I was going to say that I was going to pinpoint a couple of other nationalities, but I thought, no, then I'm playing favorites and I won't do that. <laughs> to say that I have to say that don't I in case my husband listens to this podcast yeah right (laughs) oh dear and you're blonde so you're tailor-made you know so (laughs) no I actually most people think that I am actually Swedish yeah to be honest I I, I don't know they seem very well yeah (laughs) oh let's go Alison before we wrap is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think midlife slash boomer women should think about or implement one thing that I think is important to finish on is to say that it's not all bad because you know you, you talk about all the you know now we've spoken about bone health and heart health and you know <laughs> you you start thinking oh god is, is there anything that's that isn't ne- you know negative and you know it, it should be a wonderful time of life and it, it isn't all bad there are positive many many positive things you know, for one, that you don't have periods anymore. You know, that's a, that's a positive uh, relief. You don't have to worry about getting, exactly. You don't have to worry about getting pregnant. Um, and it's also a lot of women suffer from hormonal headaches. You know, PMS. None of that anymore because when you come into postmenopause, your symptoms gradually fade. There are some women that have more problems with it, but on, in general, they just fade off gradually. And, and you start feeling great. And I think it's a time in life where you you have more time for yourself and you, you can spend more time and you can do things, crazy things that you want to do. Prioritise yourself and push yourself out of your comfort zone and go and do those things like jumping out of an aeroplane or whatever pushes your buttons go and go and do that and don't have any regrets so you know I, I think we should celebrate this this time in 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 women's lives and we're so wise and we're so knowledgeable when we get into post-menopause the things and the experiences in life you know it's it's, it's a wonderful period it's just you just need to look after yourself a little bit better well, and earlier you mentioned like do away with that to-do list and yeah. I know my own mother as she got into her mid and late 80s she'd say well you know I can't do everything on my to-do list because then well there's no point in getting up in the morning <laughs> so she always <laughs> made sure there was things you know left undone <laughs> it was yeah, great, great. I think grand, grand, grandmothers are amazing and I, I talk about my grandmother so much now so oh, I really wish you know, she was here. There's so many things I would ask her now. You know, when you're a kid, you're. she was quite strict, my grandmother, and I was scared of her, but, she, you know, she was very, like, strict British. I had one of those. Now, yeah, now, but I think I'd love to just sit down with her now, and I think some of the things she used to eat was so healthy. It's just fascinating. It really is. I think grandmother should be celebrated. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Can I call the grandchildren in and you can repeat that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, where do we find you online? Yeah, the best place, where well, the easiest place to find me is at my website, which is www.alisonblard.com. 
com, and I am very active on social media. I've, my Instagram is uh, at Alison Blard, and I have a wonderful Twitter um, account called uh, The Pink Tea Room, which is very, it's like a, a hub for, for women, and we just talk about all women things and hormones and and you know it's it's great so the, they're the places to to find me and like you said I've got like you said uh, Agnes I've got uh, some nice downloads on my website as well with meal plans and, and recipes and everything oh that's great okay and I, as always all the links will be in the show notes and listeners check the show notes because Allison's last name is you need to think about how you're spelling it let's put it that way okay Listeners, if you have comments on today's show, you can leave them where you're listening, or we can be found at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Most places, a person would listen to podcasts. Of course, there's always the website, twoboomerwomen.com. To leave your comments, click the Join the Conversation tab. Leave stars and reviews. They help us grow. And hit the subscribe or follow button before you go, and then you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests. And share this episode with two friends who want or or need to regain or boost their sparkle. And then definitely go download Allison's meal plan. Seriously, it was so good. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would, there's an application form at the website too. Allison Blood, thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing so much great information. My goodness. Oh, thank you. It's so so lovely to chat to you. I could carry on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> for having yeah. me. No, that's great. I appreciate it. Maybe we can get you back then. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. Sparkle. Sparkle with Alison. <laughs> Have a great rest of the week.